everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk all about it. Just one more reminder, like we always give, this isn't a spoiler-free podcast. So chances are we might say something that will come up in a future episode of Felicity, but if that doesn't bother you, stick around. It's a fun podcast to listen in on. So I am Melissa, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? It will come as no surprise. I am tired. I'm not just a little sleepy. I'm super sleepy. So I was up pretty late last night. My little brother had his second baby, me and his wife, and... um, Unfortunately, uh, he, had a, he had a boy. That's not the unfortunate part. Um, but uh, he, the, the baby wasn't doing so well. So sending lots of prayers and energy and all kinds of stuff. Um, and he's out of the NICU now. And we're just so happy to be getting pictures of him. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a long night, I think especially for them. <laughs> I should not be complaining. Um, but but I am a little tired. A little bit. Yeah, scary times, but happy birthday to your new nephew and welcome to the world. Oh, so good. Welcome to the team. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the big cosmic team, you know, I don't know. Uh, cosmic might be too big, but that's okay. <laughs> we're all part of a cosmic team i guess i was right? gonna say like pick any distance and just make it a team we're still part of it yeah, yeah. okay well what are we talking about today you might wonder <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be talking about season two episode five of the show felicity and this one is called crash yeah. it originally aired on October 24th, 1999. It's not like you had something to say there about that title. <laughs> I was just trying to remember what my guess was. I don't remember You were guessing all. about Maggie and Ben. I think a lot of it stemmed from Maggie and Ben and that Felicity kind of crashes into them, um, uh, which isn't okay. entirely false. Uh, but not entirely true either. And we'll unpack that today. Yeah. 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 So this one originally aired October 24th, 1999. It was written by, I never know how to say his name. Josh Rhymes, Josh Reams. I don't know. It's one of those directed by Robert M. Williams. And here's what the episode description was. When Julie suggests that dating B list people is a good way to get over her breakup with Ben Felicity agrees to Professor Sherman's request to try dating her son, David, played by Henri Lubati. Meanwhile, Ben and Maggie shift to a more intimate relationship despite her concerns over their age gap, and Noel and Elena become obsessed with a video game. Okay, that does in fact describe the plot lines. So, Fish, where do you want to start? What, What do you want to kick off with here? Well, let's just start with kind of the boring stuff and then we can move on. Oh, so, so stick with yeah. us, guys. Yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll start there, so. Okay. 
what, what do you think that stuff is? I think it's the whole episode. The oh, whole episode. No. <laughs> yeah, this was a rough one. I'm not going to lie. I mean, what happened here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess it's called Crash because all of these people keep like crashing into each other like and it's awkward like noel and felicity and then felicity and julie and then ben and felicity and maggie who i have started calling mags because i can't i don't have time to write down her full name um but you discovered something about why also it was uh it was called crash yes i too was looking at some of the more uh existential reasoning (laughs) so why it could be called crash um and then i was like huh i wonder what the video game is called and i looked that up and sure (laughs) enough that's crash so this uh i think is more aptly named if you think of it just as the video game title because i think crash is not a great representation of what happens between the characters here but Uh, if you were wondering just so you know the video game that nolan elena become obsessed with is entitled crash on playstation yeah i feel like a a more apt name for this episode would be awkward yes like yes. awkward all day long. So awkward or muffins? <laughs> muffins and coffee what or awkward? Was up with all the muffins. A lot of muffins, a lot of coffee, and then a lot of awkwardness. So it could also be uh, awkward muffins and coffee. Coffee, yes. muffins, and awkwardness. Uh-huh. I don't know. Any of those. Yeah. I think we basically nailed all the themes in a matter of I a few words here. That was it. I guess we're I done here. That covered everything. Yep. Um, not 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 everything because I have one question. Okay, one question. It was, right. it was right at the beginning, and I I need your help. Right. So, Noel and Felicity are having this awkward dinner. Yes. Uh, and then Elena walks in, so it makes more sense, right? Mm-hmm. But they got like candles up and stuff. Yes. And she's Elena's just trying to I don't know talk about dating and stuff and she's just making it more and more awkward Uh and at that point noel asks felicity to pass the ketchup Uh now they are eating spaghetti and bread what did he just put ketchup on uh i think it's fair to say that everything about this opening scene is weird Name one thing about this opening scene that wasn't weird, listeners. I dare you. Or you, Fish. Anybody. Um, No, it was weird. Like, even the fact that, like, Elena had set up a very romantic dinner for her and Felicity that included spaghetti with ketchup. So, yeah, the whole premise of the... So, I think, you know, (laughs) what they wanted to achieve, I think, I believe in this opening scene was the shock value of us seeing Felicity and Noel at a dinner table with candlelight candles lit on the table, eating dinner. They wanted us to come into this episode like, huh, what's this all about? But unfortunately, when we walk away from the scene, we still don't really know what that was about because 
they did not come up with a good reason why no, all this was any of it. But uh, I'm serious. What did he put ketchup on? Because if he put it on the spaghetti, I'm very upset. But he also should not be putting it straight on bread. Right. <laughs> there was nothing on the table to put ketchup on. Hmm. And they made such a big deal out of it. Did he have like a hamburger hidden under the table? <laughs> <laughs> He's really like, what's up with all this starch? I want meat. And then he, you know, I don't know. Yeah, secret under the table hamburger. Um, so, I mean, maybe. so everything about the meal was weird. Okay. Everything. Then the setting of it, you know, you get this moment, you see the two of them sitting at the table, the candlelit, you know, dinner setting. And you're like, oh, is this like a weird romance? Like, how did we get here with this romantic? Isn't what about Ruby? Like what's going on? And then Elena comes over and starts pouring a drink on the She's table. filling their water glasses. And I was like, the waitress. Yeah, and I was like, like so Elena's a servant them? now? What's right. happening? I, I like, yeah, I went to parent trap. You went to servant, but okay. Um, it, like, it, it was a really no weird look. Yeah. And, and then she starts talking and it doesn't get any better because she just sits, she sits there and says, so what's going on with Ruby? Uh, are you seeing anyone, Felicity? And then waits no time at all and just says, all right, well, like here, I'm going to make this less awkward by actually making it more awkward. Mm -hmm. And Because at this point, them, they had already been exchanged. Like it was a quiet dinner. They had been exchanging strange looks as they went. Like Apparently, we were supposed to understand that they both knew something about the other one that they didn't want to know or that was uncomfortable for them. So that's why there's awkwardness here. And Elena's going to call that out. Or they didn't know, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, they, Elena's just like, you know, Ruby said you're hot. Noel, Felicity's freaking out. And Noel's obsessing over the next guy you're going to date. Uh, you guys can be awkward all you want. I'm out. So like, she doesn't even eat anything. She walks yeah. into the room, pours, pours the water, uh -huh. and then leaves. Huh. So that Noel can put his ketchup on his like secret under the table hamburger. Although I did notice he was eating the spaghetti. Oh. Like, really eating it. How about that? Right? Scott Foley got dinner that night. Or day yes, or whatever did. they film this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if that dinner was ketchup spaghetti, I feel bad for him. Yeah. <laughs> so very true. Now Elena gets up from the table with no particular reason why she was at it to begin with, or yes. no particular reason why she's not mm -hmm. at it now. And uh, it makes no sense why they would have a can. Why? Why so formal? Why so formal for all of this? If it was just going to be. Felicity and Noel. But anyway, so Elena's now departed from this conversation, having dropped these bombs, and it's even more awkward. So they're just like lingering in a weird, awkward silence, like, hmm, talk about someone who needs a date. And it was like serious sexual frustration. And then it's like, ha ha ha, audience laughs. Um But we didn't. We didn't. Uh, no. So and you have to really 
live in the awkward. You have to enjoy it to enjoy this episode, I think. Yeah. And, and sometimes I do. I like living in the awkward when it's funny, when it's like you're making it awkward on purpose. But I feel like there was no purpose to the awkward. So it, um, it didn't grab me. I think that the idea of creating awkwardness between characters here was well earned because there many of them are in awkward places. They're still like finding their footing in their dynamics, especially Felicity and Julie, which we're going to see a little bit later. And Ben and Maggie. I mean, there's a lot of awkwardness here. And I think that's earned. The problem I had with the opening scene is that it was a totally manufactured situation. There's probably enough awkwardness for them without some of the bells and whistles they put around this scene. So I don't think that, I think if they could go back mm -hmm. and, and have the, the writer's room take a fresh look at this scene, I'm willing to bet somebody could think of a way to do this that made more sense from a lot of different perspectives. We're putting Parmesan cheese on the table. Yeah. I'm just um, confused about what Elena's role in all this was and why there were candles on the table. Like, why? why? It looked like Elena was setting up a nice dinner for Felicity. I mean, we don't know. It, it, maybe why that, that's you know? the way they eat every night. She just likes candles. But I should rephrase my awkward thing. It's not that I don't believe in the show there wasn't purpose. I agree with that. But the type of awkward that I like is when someone like comes into a scene and creates awkwardness between other people for their own enjoyment mm -hmm. and then laughs about it on the inside. I, I enjoy that type of awkward. I don't feel like I felt like Elena was trying to make things better and just like made them worse. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who knows what everybody else thinks about this scene. I think we, we both didn't feel it for maybe slightly different reasons, but we were both feeling the awkwardness. Um, I don't know. Listeners, how did this one land for you? Uh, okay. <laughs> we talked about it. Uh, I, feel, I feel like it's a real wet blanket of an opening, but, you know, we can keep moving through. Um, yeah, no, obviously forgives Elena mm -hmm. because he then, you know, he's bought, he has bought himself a $99 PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess being the, the young, I don't know, computer enthusiast that he was, he started out on an Atari. Um, mm -hmm. And I just... You know, I did enjoy watching these graphics and hearing him say, like, look at these graphics, you know, and, and you know. Which I remember that being a conversation back in the day when you, you see somebody who was, like, really into, like, Mortal Kombat and you're like, look how realistic it is. Um, <laughs> it's... <laughs> I, I feel still like, like these Mortal are Kombat. People really say. <laughs> I still like Mortal Kombat, but I, I wouldn't say it's realistic. But it's it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. But well, now with like VR technology and all of that stuff, like I've been thinking about 
saving up my money and actually getting an Oculus because everybody is talking about VR and how amazing it is. And, you know, there's even like exercise programs and stuff that you can do with it. And I've read Ready Player One and Two now. And so I just believe it's inevitable given that the metaverse is now real, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't quite understand everything about it, but I don't know. It feels like, I don't know. I, I will probably get a, like some other stuff first, like a, a new dishwasher. Um, <laughs> but at some point in the future, I would like to save up enough money to get some sort of VR rig because I think it sounds, it sounds cool. And if I don't like it, then it'll go back on eBay or something. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean... You're living in the world with Noel here, who just is ready to go and have this experience again. And it's making him recall, like you said, his history with video games and all the different uh, platforms that he's used. And yeah, now he's going to play Crash and he's he's excited about it. Yeah, I have never heard of Crash. Um, I don't know. I We weren't allowed to have video games, but I used to play some with like the kids next door and stuff when I was younger. Did you ever play video games? So we didn't have any video game systems at home. We played computer games. Um, you know, it was available for our Apple IIe. Uh, Frogger. My cousin, <laughs> one of my cousins had, let's see. I don't, I don't, they had Nintendo for sure. I don't know if they had other stuff, but I remember playing some Nintendo games with my cousin when we were at like, you know, holidays and stuff when we had a lot of time to kill. I remember, yeah. gosh, Contra. We really liked the game Contra on Nintendo. We played Mario Brothers. Those were a couple yeah, ones that were ones I we played a lot. Pretty much was only, the only ones I got to play were Duck Hunter, which I was quite good at. Mm -hmm. Uh... I do say some. I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Mario, but I always had to be Luigi because okay. I was at somebody else's house. Okay, fair enough. You know what's really funny? In, in other news of like stuff that you like, why is this still taking up brain space in your head? I remember playing Contra with my cousin, and for some reason, I remember the control we would use on the controllers when we would start a game to unlock something. There was a secret code yeah. that unlocked something and it was up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, B, select, start. Why I remember this, wow. like this is occupying space in my brain that could be taken up by far more productive and relevant things. <laughs> and I'm wondering if, if there were a way to actually choose, like, can I just weed this out to allow, can I delete this file? And allow space for something else. <laughs> I don't know. Nope. Yep. That's it's not the way here. memory works. And and yeah. chances now that I've said it, I'll probably like dream about it tonight, and I'll be even more locked in. So oh well. Total. That's just memory. Like I took what five years of Latin, and the only thing I remember is Anculi Lanum Trahut, uh -huh. the slave women spin wool. Right. Yeah. These are I mean, things. What? You what? may one day find a context for that. I don't know. No, no, there is no context for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ugh, 
uh, at least I can pay it forward, right? Listeners, if any of you have Nintendo or will have it in the future and you happen to have found the game Contra again, try up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B, select start. You both have to do it. And apparently something great happens as a result. (laughs) What? I don't don't remember. remember. Yes. Okay. So Uh, the more you know. This will... um... This will be an ongoing theme. Uh, no should have sprung for the second controller. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. know. Maybe Crash was a one-person game. Probably not. Um, I don't feel like that existed. Not. But... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a $99 system, so they had to cut corners somewhere, and I guess it was going to be on the second controller. Which, you know, again, allows us some uh, comedic moments when they're fighting over the one controller. But, yeah. So, you know, we move from these moments into Felicity's leaving a tape for Sally, wouldn't you know? And <laughs> Felicity's just reiterating the tensions. Uh, you know, she's, oh, okay, so apparently Noel is worried about me dating. But I'm not dating anybody. Dating no one is great. No pressure here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yep. Um, last two seconds. Yeah. Then there's a little pressure, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like this whole thing was very weird. Yeah. Uh, and maybe not. I mean, on the surface, it's already weird. It's her professor saying you should meet my son, and you know, as it moves on, she's also going to give Felicity advice on what to wear. Mm-hmm. and her makeup um which generally i think people should do but uh in this context very weird but it also felt like the stereotypical jewish mom mm-hmm. setting someone up okay. and then it's like david shows up and i thought somewhere in here there would be a something about her thinking that Felicity was Jewish or something because of a bracelet she wore or something. Mm -hmm. I was like, I feel like Felicity does not like wear anything that would give you that impression. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like you probably didn't see her at Temple. Um, I also never then, had an impression that they were trying to say that Professor Sherman and her son are Jewish. Yeah, it just seemed very kind of like a stereotypical setup that you'd get. I don't know. And and I'm just like, yeah, this is weird because then they don't actually say anything about it. So I'm like, uh, all right, well, I guess I just kind of made that up. I think you did make that up because I, I don't know. Um, again, I think that your brain was doing the work to fill in the lack of writing <laughs> or good writing about it. Right. Because this is once again, a weird scenario where they're just trying to expedite some things here. They're trying to make it so that Felicity starts dating. They want it. There will be a payoff to the weirdness of the fact that it's Professor Sherman's son in a future episode. But we have to start here if we're going to get there. 
Um, so, you know, it does start in a strange way with Professor Sherman, like buttering Felicity up. She's like, oh, your assignment was so great this time. You're really learning. I'm so proud. And then she's like, by the way, <laughs> any chance you date my son? Actually, she says, are you dating anyone? Plus so like, nope. Uh, where are we going with this? And then she's like, how about date my son then? And we just kind of leave it on Felicity's face like, mm. and then we find out when she uh, tells Elena later that she then said, no, I have a boyfriend where she had just opened by saying she isn't <laughs> dating anybody. But it just, you know, demonstrates the strangeness of the position that puts Felicity in this approach from Professor Sherman. Um, so, yeah, it's so weird. It is a weird setup. We get context, a little bit of context for it by the end of this episode. We'll get a little bit more payoff in a future episode. But for right now, this feels to me like a pretty inappropriate ask from Professor Sherman. Mm -hmm. And I don't get the impression that she's... (sighs) Dicky? Yeah, like, I think she's (laughs) a hardcore... any woman would have done. Yeah, like, I get the impression from what we've seen that she is a hardcore teacher, that she, like, does harsh critiques... But I, I don't think that Professor Sherman would blur this line. And then she did. I mean, I guess I'm surprised by at least two of the professors here at this fake uh, NYU school. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, there are going to know. be a number of professors in this show who do inappropriate things, but... The Mm -hmm. Professor Sherman we have seen, and I honestly, if I try to think about what's coming up with Professor Sherman, I think even the Professor Sherman from the future, I just don't know why she would ask a current student to do this. I mean, it, it, it's more awkwardness. Like, they're just making the whole episode as weird and awkward as possible. Yeah. With at least for me, no payoff because I don't think it's funny. Yeah. Like if they were trying to make Felicity feel awkward, like that would be funny. Like she was going off to the like, you know, professor's room and being like, look what I just did to this stupid kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. But no, she's serious. Yeah. So she's. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna give appearance tips. And, and I really did think Felicity was gonna say yes. I'm liking this new Felicity who she stands up for herself. Mm-hmm. She says no. I mean she's gonna change her mind, but whatever. You know, she's telling people off. I'm I'm enjoying this. Uh, I liked a lot assertive. of that too. That actually ended up being my note from an optimist, which I'll get into a little bit later. But the standing up for yourself bit, she does that a few times in this yeah. episode and I felt they were appropriate times to do it too. Like it, I think she, um, I'm sure you'll have caveats about not doing it all the time, but I think that the times <laughs> when she's doing it in this episode are really important and, and say something about her backbone. Um, one thing that I did think was a fun little 
I don't know if fun's the right word, a, 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 a cool moment to see reflected is that when Felicity is recapping this awkward moment with Professor Sherman to Elena, um, you know, Elena's like, oh, so what did you do? And it's like, I declined. And so Elena's like, well, then what's the problem? She asked you, you declined. And then Felicity makes it a point to say, yeah, but she is like, she did get like, she's treating me differently. She gave me a better grade. And this is the kind of thing that would perk Elena's ears up, right? Because McGrath gave her a better grade. And Felicity still doesn't know about that. So. Yeah, I thought that we're going to get into it here. Like, I, I mean, all she did was ask. All Elena did was ask, did you get a grade you didn't deserve? And, you know, Felicity doesn't know, right? Because Elena actually got to see that there was a change. Mm-hmm. But Felicity... Felicity doesn't even know they had an affair. Well, no, no, but Felicity doesn't know for her own piece from Professor Sherman. Oh, yeah. That, like, it could have just been an A. Um, I mean, I seen her drawing so far and I doubt it but you know I thought her eye was very good um and I think this is another assignment past that at least so I don't know I mean there were there were a couple of funny things in this I did think Elena was gonna say something but then she just didn't so well I think there I, I do I do like that they did that because it's one of those things that we as the audience if you've been paying attention and you're and you've been tracking who knows what about home it is sort of like ooh, is this the moment where there's going to be a heartfelt revelation and it's not and they're holding on to it and so it's one of those things that seems like the writers ha- you know there are different writers for different episodes or different head writers and you know people who are working on each episode and it looks like they're going to keep kicking this can down the road okay i mean as long as it happens um and they just don't keep doing this but yeah if they want to bring it up um they will they will have um this won't be a secret forever and i i think i like the way that it comes out but it's going to be a while yeah i'm okay with that um I also enjoyed uh, a little bit the rest of the scene. There's a couple of things going on. Um, You know, Elena's assertion that it's not that weird. Old people just like to fix up young people. Hasn't been my experience. Uh, It Uh, hasn't been my experience either, but I don't think I have like a neon sign on my forehead that says fix me up with other people. Um, Yeah. Well, I, I put a... I put a pretty firm line down. I think I was in maybe 10th grade. And oh my gosh, I'm so glad that I like put this boundary down at that point in time. And I think it was in ninth grade. I don't remember. Um, But there was a dance and my mother took a picture of me like she already had a picture framed and she put the whole frame in her purse. Mm-hmm. She went to my brother's boy scout troop. Oh boy. And she showed the older guys my picture and was like trying to get me a date when I already had one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the really bad thing was that I actually worked with one of these guys mm-hmm. and I didn't know like that there was any kind of connection. And so he comes back to me at work and is like, <laughs> oh my God, I was so embarrassed. Yeah. I wonder why that yeah. seemed like a good idea, but uh, I digress. I don't, um, I don't know. Yeah. I'd say delicacy is a virtue in these situations. Um, but you know, I think okay. just stay out of other people's business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so now, you know, we've got this conversation going of the, you know, this offer was put out there. Felicity declined it. It's becoming a point of discussion. And then Julie's now going to get in on this point of discussion because we have yet another Felicity Elena scene where they're now, um, they're now at Epstein bar. For some reason, Elena keeps getting up for meals. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is like running from the awkward because they were having a conversation about another conversation that was awkward and then julie walks in the door it's like oh this she, is even more awkward yeah she yeah. joins in and just like just spread the awkward around and elena's like ah see ya yeah and, and julie's trying to catch up on what awkward thing is happening du jour and it is a t- conversation about blind dates and is like who's going on a blind date and this is like nobody and then Elena catches her up and she's like, yeah, Felicity's professor trying to fix her up with her son. She's just like, oh, Elena says, bye. And I don't understand what they were doing with Elena in this episode. Tangie Miller like must have been shaking her head like, why? Yeah, why don't I you think. want me in these scenes? <laughs> I feel like this is part of the whole crash thing, right? Like, it's not a good metaphor, but it's like you're bringing all the people together. No. And I feel like she exits so as that they can. They, yeah. Yeah. So they can like fix things. Yeah. But really, she just leaves them in the awkward. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great way to logic your way through bad writing. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I don't know <laughs> why, why did they do yeah. this? But, uh, you know, okay. So now Julie and Felicity are at this table together and it is once again, what is it fish? Uh, it's awkward. Yeah, it's awkward. And, but, so, but there are now muffins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Julie, so this is the second part of our trilogy that in the name, right? The yeah. awkwardness, muffins, and coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to see muffins come up for the first time. And Julie breaks an awkward silence by saying, I've got muffins. Yeah, which is not at all awkward. Bringing your Bring own food to, to a restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so they're now going to eat muffins that are in a very small paper bag and <laughs> have breakfast together. And they, do we ever see the muffins? I think we do. I think we see Julie take one out of the bag and hand it to Felicity. I don't, okay. I don't think we see anything else. 
but I, I doubt Felicity eats it because as you've pointed out many times, um, Carrie Russell is a master at not eating things. Yeah. So Julie's going to get into this conversation once, you know, muffins are, I guess, distributed. Um, she says, you know, what? I also, like blind dates. And but why does she have more than one muffin? Yeah. You know, in case when she went to Epstein Bar, there were other patrons who were hungry and didn't <laughs> want to eat the Epstein Bar food. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, nothing <sighs> surprised me about the next thing that Julie said that you're just started talking about. Sorry. Yeah, she likes blind dates. She's like, oh, don't get braised. There's, you know, a chance to practice the dating muscle, strengthen yeah. the dating muscle. Um, blind and- dates any dates yeah she's like dates. she's into dating i mean she's very social yeah she's very pretty and she's mostly as we have heard in the last episode she spent most of her life dating guys and not having friends and i think that it's kind of interesting to think about the just the different styles here between these two women because Julie is basically saying dates aren't a big deal. Yeah. And for Felicity, dates are a huge deal. She hasn't dated much. And so she's putting a lot of, I don't know, pressure or emphasis on any given date. And this is Julie coming in and saying, well, try looking at it from this other angle. It's just, it's just a date. You know, it's like, it's not, you know, it's, it's nothing serious. I know you're a serious person, but it doesn't have like, that's the idea of, of a date. It's not serious. Um, so like you can just sort of play in this arena and I, you know, that's kind of the gist I'm getting from her and it is a new philosophy for Felicity to unpack. Yeah. I mean, she pretty much has dated Dolan Ben, I guess. So, um, I mean, I mean, Eli, not really, you know, like (laughs) we could throw a third person in there in Eli if we wanted to, but she's been pretty serious, you know, and yeah. And that, this comes back to the whole theory that I have of like, you don't shit where you eat. Like if you don't want like a really serious relationship if you're just sort of hanging out and whatever like pick someone you don't have to see every day mm-hmm. right who is an integral to your group of friends mm-hmm. so I guess I mean I feel like Professor Sherman is someone who's going to be in her life maybe not the best idea to go out with her son yeah I mean on the other hand Professor Sherman is temporarily in her life this class is going to end probably not to you know we're a few episodes here. We're five episodes into this first season. So in theory, they're pretty getting pretty far into a semester. I don't know how long she'd have Professor Sherman as a professor, but that there is, that is finite. I don't totally agree with the, the philosophy that you have of like, I think that if you establish a really good connection with somebody who is in a friend group, then okay. I'm not going to say don't do that because where are you supposed to meet people? Like the people that you're that you're close with, there might be a reason for that. So I, I, I can no, appreciate the awkwardness of a breakup. Um, but I've also seen it work. Yeah. And... But if, if you want a serious relationship, 
Like mm-hmm. she dated Noel, she dated Ben. Mm-hmm. But if you just want to flex your dating muscles with yeah. the B list people, yeah, like pick people outside, people that you never have to see again. Yeah, um, and that's an idea that Julie is really pushing in this episode. She gives she gives us a term for it, like you said, B list people. And I think that's a response to Felicity saying. I honestly just don't think I'm ready. I don't think I'm in the right frame of mind for dating. And this is where Julie's like, but again, dating doesn't have to be serious. You just need to date B-list people, guys that you wouldn't otherwise date. But when you're not in the right frame of mind, this is exactly the time to do it. And it's just kind of helping you get out there and recover. Um, That's how she looks at it. And it's not how Felicity looks at it, but it is introducing this philosophy to 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 Felicity. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole idea behind, right? Rebound, like first pancake, like B-list people. There's all kinds of terms people use for it, but it's, you know, it's the rebound person or yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and then she, I, she leaves us in a, like a, an, that awkwardness again, where she's like, yeah, that's what it, <laughs> Julia says. Yeah. That's, you know, B-list people. That's, that's what I did after my Ben breakup. <laughs> And you're just sitting there like, oh, we went there. Oh. Nope. Had to do it. Yeah. But I also wanted to say, just in this scene, um, it just hit me. I really like both of their earrings. Like, Felicity has these really tiny ears. Mm -hmm. Perry Russell has tiny ears. So they have to give her tiny earrings. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really like that, the the little silver studs that she wears. and then Julie had on these really interesting, like ceramic, they must look like white ceramic pots that were like polymer um, clay or something. Yeah, that, that had very detailed painting on them. Oh. Um, so I was, a, I was a big fan of the earrings. Okay. Long earring game. Awesome. Well, so we're now going to get into a new scene where apparently the. <laughs> The Felicity and Ben are, well, I don't know that Ben was actively avoiding Felicity. He might have been, but Felicity was actively avoiding Ben and she was working pretty hard to stay out out of his sphere. And that was successful for two episodes, right? We haven't seen a scene with them together since the list, episode two, but we're going to get some in this episode now. So they just happened to be on the same shift at Dean and DeLuca. It sounds like Javier needed Ben to cover for a shift that Felicity was on. And maybe that was on purpose. Who knows? We haven't seen Javier in a little while. Um, wouldn't, wouldn't be a far cry to think he could be trying to do something like that, but it also could just be he needed coverage. And so Felicity and Ben are now on a shift together at Dean and DeLuca carrying a big sack together yeah so when they first panned onto the sack Uh don't tell me like i don't know why i thought this but it wasn't clear that it was a sack because you couldn't see anyone actually dragging it or anything it was a weird angle and i thought it was just like some guy's back who had a bunch of tattoos oh and to go from that to it being a sack and felicity's trying to drag her along the floor took me a second hmm. like she had maybe murdered a guy in the stop room and she was dragging him into the front no it just looked like a guy sort of walking from like a weird angle and it was oh. his back 
and then because it was really down close to the sack and then they pan up and it's like oh okay i gotta i gotta change what i'm thinking now um yeah Yeah. i wasn't on that same ride that you were on so it's an interesting experience that you had you did but yeah so felicity is trying to carry the sack alone bring it back to the front and uh it's going to be a, a struggle and we see Ben appear and he helps her with it. And we get the, get the lowdown of why they're now on the same shift. And Maggie shows up uh-huh. yeah. and Felicity's like, yeah, I'll be with you in a minute. And Maggie's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I want him. Uh, well, she yeah. doesn't say it like that, but Felicity immediately is like, what's this? Yeah. As well, if Maggie had said it like that. And there were a couple of things about this that I did kind of enjoy. So first of all, Ben is starting to cross into like Ben is to wait. Well, Ben is to, I don't know if you can really call him a waiter. What is he? A barista? Mm-hmm. Ben is to baristas as Noel is to RAs. Oh, I mean, yeah. Maggie had to, I mean, her order was only two things she wanted a muffin and she wanted coffee and she had to say that like six times so that we know muffins and coffee are important in this episode very they are very important Mm -hmm. but ben cannot get his mind around these two items and mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to change her mind. He's like, like, how about a cappuccino? I make a really good cappuccino. She's like, Ben, I know what I like. Yeah. And she is a mature woman. She knows what she wants. Yeah, she wants him, coffee, oh. and muffins. Yeah. That's Most it. importantly, him. Right. Yeah. The coffee uh, and muffins are a side note, but don't give her cappuccino. Yeah, she she I have to say it. She is not bluffing with her muffin. She is making homemade muffins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't she, exist. She invites him. She's like, "How would you try my muffins?" Yeah, and uh, like, actually, but why did you buy one from me if you just made a bunch? I don't know muffins. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like redo <laughs> that because she actually is bluffing with her muffin. Because mm-hmm. uh, there are no muffins. We think there are muffins, That's homemade why she needs muffins. To buy one now. Yeah. Um, so that's just awkward. Yeah. She's just, her come on is a I little think. awkward. So we've got, but I think it's there. pretty clear that it's all just, a, it's a, actually, I don't know if Ben knows or not, but she's I being as ben clear as she muffins. Ethan, I think he might've expected like muffins. plural, plural yeah. muffins, not just the one. Yeah. Plural. Well, there is something else she says here that I want to take special note of. He says, when he first starts talking to her, he's like, oh yeah, I called you. And she's like, my pager wasn't working. Hmm. Was it? Was it, was not, it not working? working? Yeah. Hmm. I just wanted to put that out there for you, Fish. Yeah. Well, I, I think we might come back to this later in the episode I, I think i see where you're going with this but mm-hmm. if not it's then... just a little something they put in there that i'm like ah yeah mm. 
It's worth yeah. noting, um, even though I'm not giving you context for it, but maybe it'll help you to imagine that I've highlighted that note. Um, but yeah, now she's kind of getting on the front foot and she invites him to check out the muffins. So they make a plan to check out the muffins. Meanwhile, Felicity is giving them a little bit of side eye this whole time because it's mm-hmm. all within, I mean, they're right in front of her. Yeah. And um, I mean, I get that Maggie um, wanted Ben to wait on her, but I feel like Felicity would have made this happen like mm-hmm. a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Felicity is um, arguably the better worker in this situation, but again, yeah, she Maggie's... actually filled half the order. She yeah. got the coffee and just handed it. Handed to it to Ben. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, at this point, when Maggie goes away and Ben comes back to, to sort of finish up and help Felicity, they don't, they don't unpack what just happened at all, but Felicity is obviously taking note of the interaction Ben just had. And Ben's like, I'm going to go get the rest of the sacks. Um, (laughs) And then he just kind of departs the screen, but you're left knowing that Felicity observed all that and took note of it. Yeah. And I am surprised throughout the times that she and Ben are together so far, that it's not anywhere near the level of awkward as her and Noel and her and Julie. Mm-hmm. It's, Your and mileage may vary on the next it. scene that they're in. But yeah, yeah. I, I think there's at a base level, there's still a, a friend connection that didn't get disrupted. So I just feel like after that big like tell-off scene and all the avoiding, there shouldn't be such a big difference. I mean, she's even had, you know, the conversations with Noel and Julie. Yeah. She's had nothing with So ben. do you think, you know what, maybe I'll ask you this question when we get to the next scene. I'm just going to make it a note to ask you about it. Because um, I'd like to unpack that, like, lack of awkwardness that you're sensing and see if you think it's appropriate or badly written. Um, but let's come back to that because I think the next scene that they're in, there's more, they, they do talk about their dating lives, um, and they get into more than just like the, how are the drapes looking conversations or like, it's time to move the sacks. Um, but one thing that we do know coming out of this interaction is that it got Felicity thinking like, okay, Noel's dating and Ben seems to be dating. Maybe I should be dating again. And she's saying this on a tape to Sally. Like, hmm. And and these tapes to Sally, Sally must be like, make up your mind, woman, because the last tape she left Sally or the last part of the tape she was leaving Sally, she's like, I'm happy not dating anyone. And then like literally the next thought is, maybe I should date again. <laughs> so <laughs> Sally, yeah. Sally must just be like, huh, what's going on I with mean, this? Sally's, Sally's hanging out. She's, you know. She can't contact her. She's dead. She's a ghost. Yeah. She sees what's going on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, she's in the know. So we get that note. And then we're going to cut back to Noel and Elena's place where Noel is now officially sucked into this video game. And Elena is wearing a very unfortunate hat. Oh, I noticed that. And I generally think hats are silly. 
And this hat made her look especially silly. It was like a Mad Hatter hat. I was going to go with like a cat in a hat, but like shorter and more purple. Yeah. But yes, I agree. It was not a hat that should have been on her head. I would argue no hats should be on a person's head, but especially not this one. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Um, and I'll agree on this one. Yeah. Noel is totally sucked into the game. Elena's like, what's going on with this game? But yeah. she's like trying to get his attention. Noel's not really able to focus. And then Ruby calls. Yeah. Um, so I, at this point, will share that I have a family member uh, who's female mm-hmm. who got married and they got divorced maybe six months later oh. because once they got married, all he did was play video games. Oh. He didn't spend any time with her. Oh. And so she just left him. Um, but I saw the interest, you know, I mean, Elena's personality is so intense mm-hmm. that I feel like she, from this moment where she kind of is like, oh, what's this? While Noel just like throws the phone over the back of the couch. Yeah, awesome. he's trying to play the video game while taking this call from Ruby and then the, the phone flies out from under his ear across the room and he's like, hold on, hold on, Ruby, you can't find the phone. Again, he's, <laughs> he's getting to a place where he's able to pause the game conveniently. And uh, then he eventually crosses the room, picks up the phone and starts talking with Ruby. And you're right. Elena capitalizes on the opportunity. Yeah. She, she unpauses and then she needs to repause. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see that, that little glint of this is not going to go well with your personality and, and video games. Mm -hmm. She's very competitive. Like you said, she's, she's very serious. She's very focused and she just needs a place to channel it, but she gets her first taste here. Yeah. She's, she's success driven. And you know, these games, especially today, it's like, you have to pay for all kinds of stuff. There's all these like pay to win game. Like I don't play, I guess, games that you can just buy, but like you have like games on your phone and stuff Mm -hmm. and they make so much money because it's like this, it's like addicting, you know, it's, it's addictive. Yeah. Uh, So I worry for Elena and her future. If, if she does not like just, this in. Yeah, she um, she gets her first taste. It's like a vampire getting their first taste of blood. <laughs> she is she just starts. She unpauses the game, starts to play. Noel sees it while he's on the phone with Ruby. He's like, you're ruining my lives. And then he's like, oh, sorry, no, Ruby, that wasn't for you. <laughs> and then I do enjoy this little he's like, repause, 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 repause. She's, she's like, what? What? What's repause? He's like, no. Re pause. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that. It's yeah. not that it was great writing, but it was just so well done. <laughs> well, I mean, Noel's got these moments like with the beats and this stuff where he goes, you know, a bit manic and 
like his physical comedy and yeah. his just the way he speaks and everything about him is so discombobulated that he just can't do life. <laughs> but Elena's great in these too. I like as we get to the upcoming scenes, like her comedic. We haven't seen a lot of moments of her comedic timing in the yeah. show, but she totally has it because you see mm-hmm. it in this and later, like in the "Have you tried the jump and spin?" and and you know it was like yeah, and then and, and then you just see her face kind of like yeah, oh. she's got some great looks. Yeah, she's got some really good looks in this scene in the, in these scenes coming up, and uh, it was fun to see that because we have not really we've seen intense Elena but it's not often converted into the intensity is funny to us yeah and they went all the way there all in this the episode. Way. love it now Love back at the place. ranch yeah here's felicity, felicity getting yeah. a little more a little more uh advice from Professor Sherman because she has in fact decided to go on a date with her son David. Mm-hmm. She has agreed. Yep. And um and Professor Sherman points out she has a very nice face. Uh-huh. Nope, she says nothing about her hair. Yeah. She just says you have a nice face. It, it deserves to be highlighted. Just wear something light. Mm-hmm. Um yeah 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 well you know there's st- still this is still awkward you know it's like uh felicity says i'll do it and professor sherman says which assignment she said no your son like, what? No. <laughs> maybe not the best way she to... works her way out of that phrasing but yeah. it was still yeah. notable it was it was and they're just yeah. going to give us this little bit before they move on but we, we see we see yeah we see and and Megan doesn't think it's a big deal because, you know, professor, single son, clearly he's gay. Yeah, like he's not sure. interested in you. Grad student plus mother plus artist equals gay. Yeah. Uh, her math seems to be very off, um, but that's her, her opinion. Her opinion is that Felicity, this does not matter for you. Well, also, in another math equation, blind date equals sub-basement of pathetic. Yes. Um, Not the advice she got from Julie, tell you that much. Yeah, I'm not going to argue so much with that one, though, especially in the way that this happened. Um, I personally think that blind dates kind of aren't great. I mean, if it's like a friend of a friend and I really, really, really trust that friend, mm-hmm. and that friend knows me really well, then fine. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's so easy to just invite someone to a party, or I guess not so much with coronavirus, but like we all meet online now anyway. Mm. I mean, at this point in time, if you met someone online, I mean, you were gonna be on Dateline, mm-hmm. one way or another that was your future mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. everything has changed um yeah but i place. also very much enjoyed the character whose name i keep forgetting is it carl carl, carl. Mm-hmm. Him clark yeah how did we get into this 
conversation between Megan and Felicity while we start, because Megan's got her own little project going here. Carl, the hypochondriac, is currently in the room with Felicity and he's talking about how he thinks he has food poisoning and he feels sick all the time. And Felicity's like, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to tell you. And then Megan comes in and she's like, you should just get a new fridge. Just get your own fridge, get your rich parents to buy you a fridge so that you can have your own fresh food. He's like, my parents aren't rich. Don't have rich parents. Yeah. Yeah, She wants him to go out and buy his own fridge of independence. Yeah. Which is a big statement. Which she talks him into doing. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not going to become independent. (laughs) That's not how it ends up. Yeah. No. This is, um, I mean, this is what I would call... Uh, a, you know, a short con from Megan because uh-huh. it, it doesn't seem like it, it takes that long to go from talking <laughs> him into buying it to, to Megan, it. yeah, stealing yeah. it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, short con. Good job, Megan. Um, you look fabulous, and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, and you know, once Carl vacates off on a mission to get his own fridge Megan relays part of a message to Felicity <laughs> she's like ah oh, some guy named David called and then he and she's like oh, we're gonna meet at like this time or like maybe eight or like 8 30 and Felicity's like what time and where she's like I don't know it was on the message was like oh okay I'll go listen to the message oh I raced it by ac- sort of by accident not really yes semi-accidentally yeah. Yeah. So now Megan thinks it's not a big deal because we'll say you can just call the guy. But then Plus is like, well, I and don't now, know him. Yeah. I mean, it's not also not a big deal because he's gay. Yeah. So even when she gets the full information, Megan still does not believe she's done anything wrong. Absolutely anything at all. Yeah. So so we understand Megan's stance on this situation right away. And I'm not really sure how Felicity figured out when and where to meet this guy. But I'm guessing somehow she got in touch with Professor Sherman. Or maybe she just showed up at Epstein Bar at eight and just waited since that's the only place that exists. Yeah, except they ended up meeting at a French restaurant. So I don't know what to tell you. I still think it's Epstein Bar. They probably have like a back French room. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's like you go through a set of beads, like a yeah. beaded doorway, and then you get to yeah. the French room, um, uh-huh. where they they just have like French music and crepes being made and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, okay, well, back that to another works. ranch. A well, yep. You, I mean, same same old ranch, same old issue. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Get another console. Just, just get another console. Yeah. Elena and Noel are coming back from somewhere at the same time and they kind of side eye each other and they're like looking at the game. They're like, uh, do you do you wanna go do something else? Do you want to do something else? And then they just race for the one console. And Elena, and Elena gets this. Yeah. 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 But what they were asking is, uh, um, you need to pee? I mean, I feel like you should go to the bathroom, right? You should, you should go pee. And no, not even like necessary bodily functions will remove them from this game. Mm-hmm. 
I don't understand why they left the apartment in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they probably won't from this point forward for quite some time. And uh, Elena yes. grabs that console, starts to play the game, and Noel realizes immediately, you're getting pretty good at this. You've been practicing. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. She was practicing in secret. Goes back. Mm-hmm. That's well, very... getting paid for it. Lines up very well for me with what I think Elena would do, that she was practicing <laughs> behind his back. But she's struggling on a certain part that Noel struggles with, too. And they realize that they're going to have to work together if they want to advance in the game. Or, say it with me, folks, Noel could buy another console. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, that means sharing and Noel's just going to take the console away from her. (laughs) Yeah, he does win that round. Um, yeah, he wins that I'll give, I'll give that to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, take turns? Yeah, great idea. Mine. But in people who aren't winning, we're back at the restaurant. Oh, we're now I at the restaurant. Like this. I dislike this so much. Mm, I don't um, think you were meant to like it. Well, just this line. Okay. Felicity is like going on the date. I hope I look pretty enough. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gag me with a fork. Sorry, yeah. Melissa. Um, yeah. I just don't, I mean, really, really. Yeah, I, I also was like, eh, I don't think we really needed that. I mean, the, uh, I don't know, especially after the, the pressure that Professor Sherman put on her to look pretty, maybe it was planted in her mind, but I don't think we needed any of that. Um, especially since she's Carrie Russell and she's freaking gorgeous. Yeah, so all the time. You look pretty enough. There's yes. no time when you don't look pretty enough. Yeah, the they put you in yes. the most incredibly ugly clothes, and I'm sorry, a pretty terrible haircut, and you're still gorgeous. So like, yeah. kind of shut up. Yeah. So she's now going to meet David at the restaurant. And from the get-go, you can see that this is headed for disaster. Yeah, he does not come off in any way flamboyant, although he is hot, I will say. David's mm-hmm. hot. I wrote David's hot and dismissive. Dismissive the all the way. He, like, um, he's just not into being there. I feel like he needed the boundaries that Felicity is becoming good at setting in this episode, <laughs> but yeah, you know, he probably at some point needed to be like, mom, stay out of this. Um, but he didn't. So now he's going to show up at this restaurant and he's going to try to purposely tank it because he does not want to be there. So he, it opens up, you know, they, they, they greet each other. Hello. They've never met before. And Felicity says something to him and he's like, well, I guess, Let's go get a table. And then she walks just off. Walks, yeah, just walks by her. Without her. Yeah. <laughs> and just like, leaves her standing there like, oh, this is a bad start. <laughs> yeah, this is not looking, not looking good for, for Felicity. And we don't need to see what happens immediately after this. They're going to give us a couple other scenes and then we're going to cut back to what it looks like at that table. But you know how it's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> From this that, moment. I mean, that was enough. Ugh. Yeah. 
he, you know, as an actor, I don't know if his name is pronounced Henri Lubadi or Henry. Um, he had a moment to give us an impression of what he was trying to do here. And he did it very effectively, I think. So I, I feel like we, uh, it landed the way that it needed to. Yeah. Short scene. We got everything we needed. This episode had a lot of short scenes. Yes. Um, a lot oh, of like quick pace <laughs> between like giving us a moment, then moving us to another scene, giving us another moment. And um, they're going to keep and doing that. All of the moments are awkward or like pretty horrible. Yeah. So I'm just like this whole, this whole episode is a bit of a like car crash. So Uncomfortable. It's a, a train wreck. Yeah. A dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, or a bit of an, uh, we're all out of muffins. Yeah. Like baggy. Yeah. And the next scene, Ben has come all the way to her catering place. Looking for muffins that he prom- he was promised muffins. He was promised muffins and she's out. Nope. She, she, she just doesn't have any. So she says, try this tart instead. Mm-hmm apple tart yeah and, and he doesn't want an apple tart he wants he muffins. muffins yeah he's like oh so that was just like a little trick she's like well you could try an apple tart instead yeah and i wrote down <sighs> boobs exclamation point yeah because well you all saw them Damn. yeah <laughs> yeah they were they were front and center yeah, I don't, I don't know that he really does care that much about the muffins. He might not, but he's, what he's going to get instead is what I wrote in my notes as seductive apple tart tasting, which is basically she feeds him one little nibble of it and which then they get want. real close like they're going to kiss and she gets a phone call. And, uh, you know, catering is important. I mean, her, she's a career driven woman with, with uh, giant boobs. Okay. Just okay. really unfortunately out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's a thicker sweater. Yeah. But there we have it. That's what we know about Maggie. She is going to be pulled away by a catering crisis. Yeah. So can't do away. this thing with the muffins and the, tar- and the tarts. Let's maybe do dinner no. tomorrow instead. And to me... This whole scene, though I didn't like that she was like, try this tart. And he's like, no, thanks. And she's like, no, you have to try it. Because it feels, it's starting to feel like she's trying to change him, hmm. which sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Uh, so I don't know that this has has that long of a, a run time on it. I mean, I'm seeing some some pretty big red flags yeah we're gonna get more red flags later um they're giving us a lot of red flags in this episode and i don't even know he she's his rebound too she's basically his b-list person even though it's never really called that and i don't know that he's looking at, at it that way but you and I can both tell Maggie is not a forever person in this series. Like she's not going to be all the way to the end of season four. And he may or may not be like, he may or may not be thinking about her in those terms. 
But yeah, which is weird because he didn't want a serious relationship. And what she is giving him is a very not serious, maybe not even relationship. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why he's getting his, you know, tidy whities in a bunch. Mm-hmm. But again, we can come back to that. But on a, you know, on the level of like, you know, you get what you're looking for, maybe I, I, I he, it's not like they kind of had this random meet cute and, you know, it could have been anybody, right? But I also feel like if he's going to start pursuing something with anybody post Felicity, this is the least likely thing to work out, <laughs> you know, based on everything we're seeing from Maggie so far. Um, this, he, it's not like he's choosing to be with somebody in this moment who it would be more likely to work out with. He's going for it with Maggie and red flags and all. And, you know, maybe part of him is. Yeah, but I think sometimes we, we, you know, it's really funny what you put out there and what you attract. You may or may not always have fully unpacked what you're putting out there and what you're attracting. And I, I think that's true for so many of us where you get a little further into your life and you start thinking like, what was the common theme between all these people? And then you're like, oh, I see. <laughs> you know, it's like what you let in is partly on you, but we aren't always uh, ready to absorb that of, of what we've been attracting, what we've been putting out there, what we've been accepting. Um, and I think you do that when you're ready to start looking at those things. And sometimes patterns become very clear to us, but it's not at all uncommon to become emotionally invested in something that's probably not that great for you or where there were red flags and maybe you even saw them, but you explained them away or pushed them away. Um, not, Not necessarily understanding the psychology behind it. So I do not fault Ben for starting to feel attached and across this episode, even though he has very much chosen this to pursue something with somebody who is in so many ways, not available to him. Yeah. Very unavailable. Um, and I don't know, it'd be interesting to see, um, like what patterns you see between Julie Felicity and Maggie um in terms of Ben pursuing relationships with them yeah I tend to think of them as at least what we know of Maggie so far um it's like you know two serious relationships so I can see like there's a little bit between Julie and Felicity although I do think they're very different Mm -hmm. um I would put Maggie Maggie in a different bucket I think I think that Julie and Felicity were available in different ways. I mean, Felicity had the um, complication of Noel, but from everything we knew about Felicity, she was like ready to throw down, (laughs) you know, like you, you follow a guy to college, you might be ready to throw down. Uh, So I, you know, she had that complicating factor. Julie didn't have that complicating factor, but she was coming off a sexual assault so yeah. he, she, she had that, um, but she wasn't leaning on anybody else in the process. So I think those two women were 
available to him and serious about being with him. Uh, even though they had some complicating factors and Maggie feels like she's on completely the other end of this spectrum. And I think she makes it very clear. I mean, I don't think she's leading him on at all. Mm -hmm. Um, So. So, um, you know, even though he's starting, I think he is getting attached. uh, Or at least I, I will think that way by the end of this episode, but I don't know if he realizes that he's actively, I I don't know if he realizes on a psychological level, on like that deep level, I am actively pursuing a woman who's not available to me. He's getting the signs, but I don't think he's really absorbing them in the way that you would if you were looking for the red flags. And he is no, nobody's talking to him to give him this, like, is Maggie your B-list person? He's not, Felicity is approaching this thing with David, like, he might be my B-list person. She's going in with that mindset. That is not something that Ben has been primed for here. But that's what he's getting, whether he likes it or not. And he's pursuing it. And, And one might argue that at least on the first date, David isn't really even a B-list person. Um, I mean, we then cut to them back at the restaurant and we find out he's a photographer and Mm -hmm. that he's rude and that Mm -hmm. it's pulling teeth to have a conversation with him and he speaks French. Do you think that's it? uh, You know, based on everything we learn about his story by the end of this episode, do you think when he showed up at this restaurant, that he was purposely trying to be different, like a difficult out of like spite, or he was just actively trying to be that way because his mom had fixed him up. Or do you think he was depressed and this is where he was at and Felicity sort of snaps him out of it at the end of this dinner? When he's speaking French, he's kind of getting a little flirty with the waitress. Mm -hmm. So I feel like he's just trying to sabotage the state he's trying to be as rude as possible to felicity because he doesn't want to start anything Mm -hmm. and he knows what he's doing because later on he says i was so busy trying to sabotage the state yeah so you know i don't think he wanted to go out with anyone i don't think he wants to go out with the waitress but being flirty with her yeah yeah. it sabotages the date yeah, that makes sense. He He's definitely, you know, in the conversation, Felicity keeps asking him questions, which, you know, were all opportunities for him to answer those questions and provide further information. And he kept giving her sort of just like, nope, like long one word <laughs> answers, just kind of staring her down, like, just try, just try to get me to say one more word in a sentence. Um, yeah, he's, he's a lot not of playing ball here. Yeah. And uh, like you said, the waitress comes up and she's asking if they need anything. And he, in French, not knowing that Felicity speaks French, uh-huh. says, you know, I want more wine. Like, give me, give it, give us enough wine until I disappear. You know, it's, it's like, whoa, dude. Which That's also big. was a weird an awkward thing to say. 
But yeah, the waitress is like, ah, oh, man, I, I just, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> like, what type of wine and how much of it do you want? <laughs> like, that is what I do. I mean, I don't make people disappear, but uh, like, what are the expectations for me as your server? Yeah. I would like you to buy this wine and then take it into a cab before you block out. Yeah. I do not want to clean anything up. Not cool. Felicity knows she's in trouble here. <laughs> yes. So she is going to scamper away. Yeah. She's going to look for a payphone in the restaurant. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. She will find one. Yep. And she tries calling Elena and Noel. But Elena mm-hmm. and Noel are not available because they are in their apartment. They are indisposed. Yeah. I'd say they're screening their calls, but they don't even know that telephones exist. Yeah, they haven't even heard the phone ring because they're yeah. engrossed in their video game. Yeah. And now cut back to Felicity. She's like, well, that call was a bust. Let me try Julie. Which kind of, I don't know, maybe this brings us back to the maybe date that Felicity had with Noel in season one, where Felicity called Julie from that restaurant as well. Mm-hmm. And in both situations, you know, Julie picked up and was there for her as a friend. And she kind of gave her the same advice, <laughs> but with where Felicity was, she took it differently, right? Because in that first, in the maybe date, Julia's like, you can do whatever you want to do. And Felicity was like, well, okay, then I'm going to sit back down and tell them how I feel. And then that, that date spontaneously combusted anyway. But, um, <laughs> but, but Felicity sat back down at that table game to continue. And here Julia's going to be like, you have permission to do whatever you want to do here. <laughs> And Felicity goes back, doesn't even sit down. She just ends the date too sweet. Nope. She has never been on a date this bad. Jamais. She says the whole thing in French. And David's like, oh, gulp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I as Someday I do hope to do this. Like, I will listen in on other people's conversations when they're speaking French around me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have yet to hear anyone actually say anything about me mm-hmm. or Americans. Okay. So, like, you know, I've got my little line prepared, but I've never had the opportunity. Okay. So sad. Well, I guess that's good news. Uh, and also sad. Yeah. But, yeah, so Felicity just walks away from this dinner and leaves leaves david at the table just thinking oops well i haven't it's over at least go drink the rest of his wine yeah you can go get blackout now have fun yeah but now we're going to go back to elena and noel because we're worried about them uh they're still playing elena has they're in a sticky spot elena realizes i have a cousin who could maybe help with this but Felicity's going to stop by. And she's not a fan. She, um, she wants to be IRL. She, she, you know, you can see that they, that Elena and Noel have been sucked into the video game stupor, Mm -hmm. right? There's, there's one thing to focus on. All other things become not important. So 
you know, this was a bad idea from the start with Elena. She's, she's being very intense. She's mm-hmm. like, we're going to get through this. And Felicity's just like, hey, we were going to do stuff outside. Yeah. And uh, no, they're not available. Neither one of them are going to be available. And similar to Felicity's date that she just came off of, she's getting one word clip dancers, not even in response to the questions she's asking. She realizes they don't even see me in this room. They're just playing this video game. They are not people right now. They're not. They're video game zombies. That's it. That's all there is. Um, so she's done getting ignored. She's going to leave this room too. Yeah. <laughs> you know who she's going to go get advice from? Well, not intentionally, but the only person who's really listening <laughs> well, <laughs> at this point. But she, so she goes back to her room, but I noticed unlike season one, she now has a computer. Cool. Exciting. Yeah, it's a big development for her. Which is unnecessary because now she's in a drawing class. (laughs) Most of the work she's doing is with the sketch pad. But I appreciate the development here. Um, Now, I just have to say, with this scene, I just wrote, yes, Megan. Mm -hmm. Big exclamation (laughs) point. I am in love with her arm harnesses. I don't know what else to call them. I want them. I'm I'm going to find some. Okay. I'm not going to look as awesome as she does in them. But that, I mean, and she's in there to accessorize. Mm-hmm. And she's already got like four necklaces on. And she adds another. It just makes everything better. Just yes, Megan. Yes. Like costume department. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. All right. And Megan is gonna just, I don't know, throw some salt in the wound to be like the I told you so of all I told you so. Date was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah. Plus he's like, what? Uh huh. He wasn't gay. He wasn't. He wasn't. Um, but nonetheless, the date was terrible. And Megan feels really reassured that her her view on the world has been validated again, and she's about ready to get it leave and go out the door. And as she opens the door to leave, David's standing there. Uh huh. Hey, sorry. Can we go out again? Felicity's like the what? Yeah, and here is where I wrote, "Yes, Felicity!" Exclamation point. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Felicity is like were you at the same date I was at last night? Because that was horrible. And, and, but she doesn't just keep it general like that. She gets into it. She's, she says you were self-absorbed, bad mannered and bitter. The answer is obviously no. Holy moly. Yes. Felicity. Mm -hmm. And Megan just standing there loving everything that's happening. Like she's got the smile on her face. And she's just like, I don't know what's happening, but it's amazing. You know what I liked too, is that when David first gets to the door, he's like, can we talk alone? And Megan looks back at Felicity and Felicity does not ask Megan to leave. And she is authorizing Megan to be there as a witness (laughs) for all of this. And I kind of feel like- Not that Megan would leave. Yeah, not that Megan would leave, but Felicity is not asking her to. Like, it's like, this guy should leave. Yeah, you know. 
Yeah. So I, I kind of liked that moment, even though it wasn't very overt. Um, it, it wasn't called out in the, in this scene. And yet you, you can't help but notice it. And I feel like that was a nice little moment in Felicity and Megan's relationship. But now that Felicity has told David what she really thinks, David's going to try to put some context to his behavior because for some reason he decided to go back to her door and grovel and try again, you know? So her stating the obvious of how bad the date was, it's like, well, I'm going to shoot my shot here. And in the only way to do that is to try to put context to why I was the way that I was last night. And he tells us a story that is a whole spinoff story. You know, it's like, oh, David, man. It's, it's sad for him. And Felicity can, you know, kind of feel this a little bit coming off of, you know, her own things that she has done mm-hmm. um and you know so so david and jessica i mean they were they were together and um then they broke up and it wasn't uh wasn't via text or anything but it was because she was getting married to his best friend since age six yeah, and he had been in well, France. Was he studying abroad? Was I he don't do- think they said. He's a grad student now. Uh, he, he was in France for some extended period of time, I presume for some sort of schoolwork or, I, I, you know, I'm not sure. Some photographs. Project, yeah. Um, and she was supposed to meet him, and Felicity is like, and she didn't? And he's like, no, she did. <laughs> and she came saying, I'm engaged to your best friend. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a story that hits Felicity, even though she just ripped him a new one. It's a story that gives her a pause. It doesn't change her tune in this conversation, but it gives her pause. And I'm sure that she's thinking about everything that happened with Julian, Nolan, Ben and her role and, you know, she certainly wasn't in David's position in that situation. No, she was not. So it, yeah, like I said, it gave her pause. Yeah. And I, I did like him in this moment because um, I, I actually like these two relationships for Ben and Felicity. Um, I mean, they're both dating older people mm-hmm. who I mean, he comes out and he takes responsibility and he apologizes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very mature thing to do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I like that for her. And I like what, uh, what Mags over here is, is doing with Ben. She's like, look, all I want is a smash and dash. That's it. I'm mm-hmm. gone. But there's there's nothing else that I'm interested in. Yeah, so, he's gonna invite yeah. her up to his place. They're walking. He's gonna invite her up to his place because she's not gonna tell him where she lives. Right. I mean, she had invited him for muffins. Mm-hmm. 
So now it brings us back to the third leg of our three leg stool analogy for this episode. Mm -hmm. He is going to invite her up for coffee, which he does not have. And Mm -hmm. instead, she will be treated to some smoothies. Yeah, Sean finds out his ship, you know, Ben just brought Maggie up to the loft and Sean's there and he finds out that Maggie's a caterer and it's on. It's <laughs> on like, like Donkey Kong. You need to try this new product that I've developed called Smoothies. And as he's like stirring it and getting it ready for her to taste it, he's talking about how they could partner together and like she's a caterer people in the room they need they're gonna eat food whatever food you put in front of them and why not smoothies yeah i mean a catered party is not dissimilar from a prison yeah in sean's estimation that's a theory that he posits yeah um yeah and and basically they're stuck there and and they're gonna eat what's there Mm mm-hmm so uh, why um, and you're right why not smoothies yeah so why she not? tastes it he gives gives her a little spoonful she takes the smallest amount she can and is like chewing something yeah it's it does feel like maybe this is the scene you were talking about from the last episode mm-hmm. where like the, like there was something left on her tongue mm-hmm. that she wished was not there yeah which is okay because she has a strong palate, but you know Sean's gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get go to the Russian spice store. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fix this up and get it into, you know, a different phase. And Ben's like, why don't you give her call when it's in the edible phase? <laughs> yeah. So um, there's that. And then uh, you know Maggie's thinking about heading home, but no, she's gonna, she's gonna, Ben's gonna convince her to stick around. Yeah, with not not the greatest kiss in the world. I mean, yeah, it's it like they didn't want to touch each other. Yeah, it didn't. It seemed like he was. Maybe Ben didn't want to get the taste of smoothies. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you are super hot, but not that hot. Yeah, it's uh. like you know when people are like, you taste like strawberries. It's like, nope, I've tasted smoothies. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. Um, yeah, we noticed the same thing here. That's, yeah. We've seen Ben kiss other people on this show. That's not how he kisses generally, I would say. Yeah. Uh, it's awkward. So... It, awkward, coffee, you know, lack of coffee produced kiss. Lack of coffee, presence of smoothies, kiss. Yeah, yeah. and it was, it was not great. Um, <sighs> and, but it was good oh. enough, apparently. Um, nice. hopefully he went and gave her like a toothbrush or something and then they're in the bedroom yeah. and she has a question for him. Mm. Yeah. She, she wants to know how old he is. She knows he's got class. Like. That's oh. something that comes up a few times here where she's yeah. like, ah, oh, yes, you have class, you know, like, uh, like she is very aware of their age difference. Mm-hmm. And he's yep. like, it's not that big a deal, but she is very aware of it. So it's a big deal to her, which makes it a big deal. Well, it's not really a big deal for what she wants out of the relationship at this point. Yeah. Because I, I love how uh, 
they have sex mm-hmm. one night. Mm-hmm. She gets up to leave and is like, this is it. And he's like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Wait, what does that mean? Well, it's it's one night and I'm now standing. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. What's happening? Explain this to me. Um, yeah, she's like, no, bye. just can't do it anymore. Bye. Yeah. Um, and he looks a little deflated when yeah. she is leaving. Well, it's like he's insulted by getting what he actually wants. You just had sex with no strings or commitments without want. Like, yeah, it's oh, just he poor hasn't, you. I don't know if he totally realizes. That's what I'm saying. Like, he hasn't really worked out his own psychology here. I don't know if he exactly realizes that's what he wants, but that's exactly the designer experience you're going to get from Maggie. <laughs> like, yeah. if you're going after Maggie, this is what she brings to the table. And he's going after Maggie but he is becoming more invested in this, not realizing that he's going after Maggie, who has only this to bring to the table. So he is surprised yeah, in know. a way that we as the audience are not because we see the red flags for what they are. Yeah, and I I mean, I'm, I don't think we say this anymore, but like, it's still true. Um, you know, she is taking on like the masculine role, mm. right? It's like, all right, like I'm I'm done here. You've served your purpose. Uh, I'm gonna go. And I feel like, you know, it's like guys want that, but they want to be the one in control of like when you're gonna part, mm-hmm. right? They want to be the one to kick you out. Mm-hmm instead of being left they they don't like being taken advantage of mm-hmm. they want to be the one taking advantage of someone yeah and so it's like dude like your your world is not crashing down around you right yeah. now yeah and you know this isn't the last time we're going to we're, this isn't the end of the story so although this you know Maggie's leaving this room and she's like, it's done. It's not really done. But that's the mindset that she's in and Ben's confused about it. And um, there's a little bit more to unpack in this story. And we're just going to be along for that ride. And I'm happy to be because mm-hmm. um, I like her mm-hmm. as, as an actress. And I kind of like who she is in this. I mean, look, she knows what she likes. Even she though, go after it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll make a comment from a bit ahead from here, but there's you know a scene where after this, where Ben comes back into the loft and Sean sees him, and Sean says, "Your mother called." Ben's like, "My mother called," and he's like, "Oh no, did I say your mother? I meant your lover." And he's calling funny. out the age difference, and he also makes it a point because he's still giving Ben dating advice, and he's like. I think she's out of your league, man. I don't want you to get hurt. Ben's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, as we know, Sean is eight years older than Ben. Mm-hmm. So he's probably quite a bit closer to Maggie's age. He probably is. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows what a big difference eight years makes. <laughs> yeah. He's 
Sean's picking up some red flags here too. I don't know if Ben is still in a place where he wants dating advice from Sean uh, <laughs> after the last dating What's advice he, he received. So was he ever in a place where he wanted that advice? Well, I do think when the breakup with Felicity was, or like when they were on the road to the breakup with Felicity, he was approaching Sean with questions and maybe not loving the answers he was being given, but was still approaching Sean, knowing that those were the answers he'd get. This is not a situation where he asked for this advice, um, but Sean is giving it nonetheless. Yes. So, yes. Meh. let's go back to Carl. Yeah, poor Carl. Carl's bringing a fridge into Megan and Felicity's room. Megan's talking about how this is where the repairman comes Mm -hmm. and you can pick it up probably in a a few weeks. Carl's like a few weeks. And uh, all we know is Carl got somebody, whether it was him or his not rich parents to invest in a new (laughs) fridge for him. And it doesn't seem to be working. And now Felicity's like, Megan, what's the deal with this fridge? What, what is it? There's something wrong with the fridge. Megan says, Nope, nothing wrong with the fridge. It just wasn't on the right temperature, but I told him it was broken. So we now have, we both have a fridge. Yeah. So it's um, their fridge of independence. Again. Um, yeah. I just wrote down uh, Megan Steele's fridge. Yeah. That's it. He, it was the greatest heist ever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, short con. Very short con, very effective. Yeah, yeah. very yeah. effective. Now they have one additional fridge in their room. Yeah, and uh, it's not going to help Carl's not feeling great. And, you know, he'll, he'll find a way to keep complaining about his health somehow. I'm sure. Like, I don't understand how the fridge is going to help him anyway, considering his diet, you know, pretty much exists of hair. Yeah. Yeah, that might be his problem. Hair. Yeah. Speaking of hair, um, so David and Felicity, um, you know, he he comes back with a flower and to Dean and Deluca to Dean and Deluca where Felicity is Mm -hmm. uh, to 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 take another shot. And at this moment, I notice. Their haircuts are kind of similar. Oh. Yeah. I was like, huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Maybe same stylist. I don't know. Yeah. But um, that's I think, what I noticed. I think that this is, um, you know, if David had a plan here, this was, you know, he needed the two-part apology process for this to be effective. You know, he has the first sort of, I'm going to disrupt your point of view of what happened last night. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, let's try again. I'm going to tell you my sob story. And Felicity isn't really in a position to back off of her boundaries in that first conversation she had. But here he does come to her workplace with a, with a flower and with cookies and he apologizes. And I feel like they're hitting the reset button right here. Yeah, Felicity she, tells him about her expectations too. She tells him yeah. about, you know, you were my B-list person. He's like, what's a B-list person? He's like, you're my rebound guy. Yeah. yeah. She basically, she's pretty insulting there. Yeah. Um, considering he just brought, like, brought her flowers, well, a flower and, and cookies, which she probably didn't need because, you know, surrounded by them. But 
I mean, I feel like she's still a little salty. So she's just going to let him in on the secret. That he's going to be her B-list person. Yeah, he's, you know, look, wasn't really looking for you to be a great guy anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't expect you to be so terrible. Mm-hmm. And then he comes in with, I mean, I don't, I don't quite know who to give the award to, whether to give it to David or Felicity. But I'm, I'm sort of on the David, like worst line that actually worked mm-hmm. award. He basically says, look, I was so busy sabota- sabotaging our date and I was kind of drunk that I never bothered to look at you or listen to what you said. And then she agrees to go out with him again. And then he says, but now I wish I had. Let's try yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. huh. I, I feel like that would not work on the majority of people. Well, I think, you know, what I do like about the foundation that they're laying here is that even though it started with this really like terrible first date, it didn't work out. If you, if you like, they're, they're starting fresh from a place of honesty where they're both like, look, here's, you know, <laughs> like, here's what I was looking for out of this. And he's like, here's what I was, you know, thought was happening. And, um, they're, they're starting, there's a lot more to learn about each other, but they're starting from a place of sharing truths. Oh, uh, yeah. And they're both being real rude. I'm yeah. just cutting through all the crap. Yeah. And so I guess they're both saying we want something that doesn't involve all that nonsense. Um, and they're both willing to not be too precious about their experience of the first date and what their expectations were. And I think this, I, this, you know, Felicity agrees to give it one more chance. And I, you know, I get the sense that they're going to start with not just a clean slate, but like willing to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But also I think exactly what you said, like not really expecting it to go anywhere. Yeah. Like both of them kind of understand that like, Sure, we'll give it a second shot because we're both just kind of flexing our dating muscles. Mm-hmm. This is this is not going to be who I marry. Yeah, yeah. So now we're going to head back to Noel and Elena's for another very short scene, which pretty much just reinforces every other short scene we've seen from them. They're still stuck on the game. Uh, yeah. And Elena realizes that she can call a guy. She can get some help with where they're stuck. Uh, the only thing that's, that felt necessary to, well, I don't know if it was necessary. I don't know that this scene was necessary, but I do I like when they close the scene, you get that look. Uh, you, you're, the camera's pointed straight at the TV and you see Elena next to the TV looking down on it, glaring. <laughs> <laughs> and the oh, only reason I need this scene is to see that still shot. That's it. Yeah. But, so. but you could have done that like at the end of one of the other ones or mm-hmm. the beginning of the next one. Absolutely could have. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't think that this was a necessary scene, but we are going to something that has far more meat to it, 
which is a scene with Felicity and Ben. They're not at they're they're outside a building. So it almost seems like they've chosen to stick around and have a conversation where they're actually talking about dating. And Felicity saying something about, you know, David. And she, she points out like, what about you? What about that woman I saw, that older woman? He's like, she's not old. And he's, she's like, oh, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Um, and they both, was, you know, hope that it works out for each other. And what did you think of this scene? I mean, it felt awkward, but in a conversational somehow way. You know, like it, it didn't feel like the awkwardness you've seen from the other scenes. It was awkward because of the subject matter. Yeah, they I also wrote down, how is this not more awkward? Yeah. I mean, I felt like it should be a lot more awkward than this. I mean, they're they're talking about other people they're dating, and I almost feel like they're like, um not repressing, but like they're they're just not acknowledging any feelings. They're just shutting it down. That's what I was going to ask you about this. Do you think that the way this scene played out, do you think that was a bad writing or directing and that there should have been more awkwardness there or B, do you think that, what do you, if it was intentional, do you like, what do you think they were trying to show us about their dynamic here? I mean, you know, that there's been so much intensity around both Noel and Julie. Mm-hmm. And we had that, you know, big intense statement, right, from, mm-hmm. from Felicity. And there's been no, like, reconciling moment. And so it's going to depend on what that looks like, because I could definitely see this whole interaction, you know, from you know, him just showing up and she didn't know for a shift to them having this kind of like mildly awkward conversation moment that they're just like heavily, heavily in denial and that something is going to come later. And until then, they're going to kind of be civil or you know, something will set Felicity off or Ben, um, who you've said was hit very hard by what Felicity said like I there are emotions that are not being shown to us so the question of whether these characters are just not dealing with them or whether like you could just get rid of these scenes and just go to the reconciling moment uh I don't know I don't know what they're setting up so I mean for me if it's not some deep denial and that isn't dealt with in how they reconcile, if this is not referenced mm-hmm. um, or they're not like being cordial and then one of them gets set off, then I would say it's just bad writing. I would not say that one of them is going to get set off. We're going to be in this space for a little while. Yeah, and we can be in this space as long as they want, as long as when they have the reconciling moment, it's 
it's this is discussed you know it's like we've been really cordial for a while but that is not really how i feel this is this you know i've just been like pushing my emotions down and now they're going to come out mm-hmm. like if it is not referenced at all then uh, yeah i just think it's bad it's bad writing okay be interesting to see how things evolve for you um definitely wanted to take your temperature on this because we haven't seen any Ben or Felicity scenes for two full episodes to yeah, get to this and point. And then we come back and we get these just really f- flat scenes. Neither one of them are having any emotion about what the last discussion they had was not great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did feel some awkwardness in this one. I think that Felicity with him is still like, she's been pretty animated in a lot of our other conversations, but you get to this one and she's still sort of doing that slow, deliberate talking thing. Um, And they're definitely both they're They're on such a treacherous subject matter. Like talking about their dating is a briar patch of problems (laughs) for where this conversation could go. And yet I think um, I, I, I think that they're, yeah, they're not willing to get into that at this stage. It it could be, you know, just personality traits. Like the reason it's been so explosive with both Julie and Noel is because anger has been coming from them here. Mm. The anger would be coming from Felicity and then probably also Ben, but both of them, I I don't, I mean, Felicity has been pushing back and standing up for herself more Mm -hmm. and she did make that big speech, but I still feel like in general, she's not a super confrontational person. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Ben runs from confrontation too, unless he can punch it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it could be that there's no one there to initiate it. But again, that has to be dealt with in whatever the actual moment is. Okay. Well, let's see. We go from here to, a, a, I don't know, is this a second date with David and Felicity? I guess so. Um, that appears to be going significantly better than the first one was. This is so sad. This is such a sad conversation. Yeah. Well, it starts with a conversation that I kind of was kind of cool. Actually, he's talking about, you know, how he got photos from inside the Verrazano bridge and how he got access. And then the conversation turns to meeting parental expectations and about how they're both a disappointment to their parents. Yeah, they're just bonding over being disappointments. (laughs) Yeah, they toast to being two disappointments. Oh, that's so sad. But I guess it's relatable for them. So yeah. here, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, this brings us to another <laughs> unfortunate scene where we're finally progressing things with Elena and Noel. They're and still at their apartment. <laughs> this is this is my moment where I just loved Elena's face. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) The the comedy of this was so great. They played this perfectly. Elena finally is like, no, we need, we need help. We have to have help. This is killing us. And so they called Gary. They got a number for a guy named Gary. 
And Elena's on the phone with Gary relaying instructions to Noel, who's using the controller to try to beat this, you know, this boss or whatever's happening in the game. The final boss. I think it's the final boss. Okay. Yeah. And Elena's shouting out instructions. Noel's trying them and it's not working. Did you try to jump and spin? (laughs) It's not working. It's not. And Noel's had it. Gary doesn't think they're very good at the game. He doesn't think Noel's very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which may be true. So Noel takes the phone. Yeah. He's got something to say to this dude, Gary. He's going to rip into Gary. Yeah. And as soon as he starts just ripping into Gary, I start laughing. And I say, he's probably like eight years old. Mm-hmm. You overshot. I did. I did. Yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. I knew this was coming. Um, <laughs> where he just rips into this guy. He's so mean to him, and Elena's like, he, he hasn't given Gary a moment to speak. No. He's just laying into him, and then the first sound he hears coming out of Gary's mouth. The first, the first sound that is emitted from Gary is the soft sound of crying. <laughs> he just made Gary cry. He made Gary and cry. Noel doesn't understand. He like looks at Elena. He's like, he's, he, he takes the phone away from his ear, and he looks very confused. He's like, he's crying. Mm-hmm. And Elena has to point out, he's seven. Yeah, not eight. Seven. Not eight. Seven years. Seven years old. Yep. Yep. It was like seven years old. And then I do like how Elena's trying to sort of patch things up with Gary and the yeah. camera turns to the screen for the video game where Noel, there's an option to continue because they paused. Mm-hmm. So there's an option to continue and Noel moves it from yes and selects no. It's a pivotal yeah. moment. Yeah, because otherwise this is what we're doing for the rest of the four seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think this is Noel. Noel understands that rock bottom looks like chewing out a seven-year-old on the phone. That's that's what I love about rock bottom. Like, (laughs) you get to choose it because you always keep digging. Rock bottom can look like a lot of things, and you have to really perk your ears up to know what moment it's coming, but... Yeah. I think that, you know, if Noel wanted to interpret this as rock bottom, I support him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On behalf think, of Gary. I think this is, this is it, you know, he's, um, he's done. He's, he's too mature for these, um, I guess. So, I mean, good on him. A lot of people don't, don't have this moment and end up losing their wives. Well, Yeah. Yeah, that's a sad story, what you told. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing that happened because Felicity is going to need to check back in with Lena and Nolan a little bit. And now they're going to be potentially available for that. But in the meantime, David is walking Felicity to her door. And he's like, you know what? I'd like to date. It'd be an honor to be your B-list person. Yeah. They have some bad music going on in the back and uh, they hold hands, you know? I kind of like that song. Just a sweet. Really? This, the, the scene where they're walking? Yeah. 
I had was not familiar with oh. that song. Uh, but I'm I also sure, don't own the DVDs, so yeah. I'm sure that you, well, I don't know that song except for this. But I, uh, what I'm saying, know, I felt it was appropriate. And I, frankly, you might argue I don't even know the song for this based on how I just performed <laughs> that. <laughs> but yours did have much more of a bluesy vibe uh, yeah. than the actual song, mm-hmm. which I feel like did not. Um, but it was okay. a cute moment. They got to hold hands. He says, basically, like. Hey, you need an F boy. I'm right here for you. Yeah, I'm here. He's raising his hand. Yeah, I so, will do that. Guy. Yeah, Felicity seems like they have agreed that they're going to be each other's rebound people. Um, mm-hmm. They're they're okay with it. And now we head back to Elena and Noel's apartment. Felicity is looking for Noel, or she's looking for Elena. Elena's not there, but Noel is. He answers the door. He's like, "Come sit." Um, a couple things happen here. Her eyes rest on something called the It Girl's Guide to Video. And Noel's like, ah, oh, it's a gift for Ruby. And Felicity's like, right, 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 right. That's, she'll like that. Sure, weird. Um, and then Felicity chooses not to tell him about David. Yes. And that is a specific choice that she makes, which we're going to learn in her voiceover that she's like, why, you know, why tell an A-list guy about a B-list person? Um, and then, you know, he invites her to coffee and they go out to get it. Because coffee, coffee. once again. Yes. Yeah. This time, hopefully, wherever they go, Epstein Bar, there will be coffee. Coffee. Who knows? Maybe even muffins. Uh, we'll see. We'll but guaranteed, see. it will be awkward. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this was this was our story about awkwardness, muffins, and coffee. I think that it was thoroughly told. <laughs> I think it, it covered everything. I would like to put a finer point on my note from an optimist, which we started to cover anyway. And it sounds like we're pretty lined up here, but I also liked that Felicity standing up for herself. And, you know, we've said in the past, I think in the first few episodes where we had more conversation about boundaries, we're both very aware that setting boundaries is tricky. There can be backlash to that. So I don't just blanketly go out and say, stand up for yourself all the time for any reason, because sometimes you'll get that backlash and you need to know that's coming. In this situation, though, I think that the, the the moments when Felicity stood up for herself, I think were warranted. I think were relatively low stakes for her. And it was sort of like, do I want to spend more time in my life doing this thing or, you know, being treated like this? And her answer was no. And saying so, there weren't a lot of repercussions for it. And I like that she was... You know, to the extent that Julie was talking about, like, uh, the, like keeping the, the dating muscle warm, I think that this is sort of how I think about the boundary setting muscle for Felicity here, where it was like, you know, she stood up for herself at the restaurant with David. She stood up for herself on a number of occasions with David. Um, she, she just, 
got, you, you know, and even the first time that Professor Sherman uh, asked her to go on this blind date, she initially said no, and she didn't feel comfortable with that. And I, I like that she was willing to do that and that she's getting that practice. Yeah, and, you know, I think we're coming off of a huge boundary that she's setting that does have lots and lots of ramifications with Ben. Yeah. And so why wouldn't you set <laughs> set boundaries with the other people if you're going to do it with such an important person in your life? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be treated a certain way and you're willing to stand up to that person and say, you know, this is who I am. You need to accept that. Mm-hmm. then yeah you, like you don't need to be treated badly um i especially like that she i especially like that she like my favorite boundary she said was in the restaurant with david the first time you know when she she gets off the phone with julie she comes back to the table does not sit down and says i'm leaving this sucked and i you know like because it would have been, if you were somebody who didn't want to be at all confrontational, what would that have looked like? She would have gone back to the table. She would have sat through a very uncomfortable dinner. She would have, you know, not extended the night. But she's wasting her own time. And at the end of the day, so is David. There's an alternative. It's called the bathroom window. Hmm. Yeah, she could have she could have left that situation altogether. But I do like that she went back to the table and and just said, this is done. I'm leaving. She didn't waste her time and she didn't waste David's. And uh, David was waste was comfortable to waste his own time. And she was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Neither of us want to be here anymore. And um you know, I guess the outcome of her having that very frank moment with him is that he comes back with some respect later. Yeah. And it could have not ended that way, right? Like it very easily could have ended that she never saw him again. But Which uh, also would have been just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Both good outcomes. If he was, the only good outcome from this point is if he comes back prepared to completely change his demeanor. <laughs> you know, like. Which he does which he does and otherwise she was leaving absolutely no room for that so yeah i do i do like this i like what felicity's doing here and a little pro tip if you know you're on a bad date always take your purse and or your coat with you to the bathroom just so you know if you want to leave you can leave yeah okay well do you want to move on to the what the club did they say segment? Perfect. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, tell us in this new tale of unnecessary censorship, what lines have you found here that you would like to replace some important words with a glove? Yeah. Um, so I've started abbreviating this as WTG. Oh. And uh, the first one is... Uh, unsurprisingly about muffins okay i mean you know this is where um maggie has uh you know she's she's trying to get ben on board by bribing him with some 
non-existent muffins hmm. and um i'm just you know reinterpreting the word mm-hmm. as i think we all are okay. so maggie says i was wondering you seem to be pretty good with muffins and i'm trying something new could i use your ben says on your muffin maggie says trust me I don't think you've ever tasted homemade muffins like this before. So yeah, feel free to read into that one, what you will. Okay, read it. I'm not even gonna ask you what she wants to borrow from Ben because I know you're just gonna say dead rabbits. No, I was thinking a remote control. (laughs) Oh, on her muffin? Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) You get when you ask somebody with an improv brain. Yeah. 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 So this next one is not about muffins or coffee or being awkward. So I don't know how it got in there, but this is uh, a scene between Elena and Noel as they are trying very hard to, um, well, let's check in with them. Elena. Okay. Slowly. No. Uh-huh. Elena, slowly. No. Mm. Elena, okay. A little faster. No. Okay. Elena, to the left. Faster. Faster. Okay. No. Now. No. Ah. Elena, come on, Noel. You have to focus. Wow. Yeah, that was them. Um, well, but well, we all heard it. Yeah. We heard Gosh. what they were doing. Yeah. Holy smokes. And, uh, well, I mean, guys, that was the what the club did they say segment. And I'm just reeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remote control muffins. And um, what do you have to say to, uh, to Elena and, and Noel? Well, I mean, technique is important. Very true. I mean, and focus, which Noel does not have. And we've learned in sexual situations, Elena is all about focus, be the ball. That was her number one advice to Felicity way back when. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Well, I am keen to hear a little listener feedback. So let's go to the after you listen to this tape, you have to erase it segment. This is my favorite segment. Yeah. Um, I teased last time that we had more feedback from Heather O'Brien. So I wanted to share that. It's more just um, sort of comments on things we've commented about, you know, her, her take on it or how she's feeling about some of those things. And it's a bit of a potpourri here. So Heather tells us, I love the podcast and I've been listening to every single one from start to finish, even the long ones. I have so many thoughts and comments, but I wanted to go back to your Elena McGrath question. I can't stop thinking of him as Prince Humperdinck. I'm the princess (laughs) in the princess bride. Ha ha. Fish is right about the old man smell. Chris Sarandon is currently 80 years old. So even in the show, he was 60 years old while Elena was 18. 
Um, in real life, I'm not sure how old Tandy. No, Tandy Miller was probably in her 20s, but still. It's a huge age difference still. So how could he ever be thought of as sexy? Also, can we talk about how much I miss Lynn? He was my oh. favorite. And he's also in Romeo and Juliet with Leo and Claire Danes. It's so classic. With warmth and hopefully to no more blue, blue bike helmets. Heather. <laughs> also, um, Heather made a note in her signature. She says, also from Beirut, Lebanon. And I listened to the podcast there. So you have listeners in Lebanon. Aww. Heather. That's so cool. I like this potpourri of comments. This is fun. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that I agree with. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the Chris Sarandon um, stuff, the hump, just yeah, like, Prince Humperdinck. I mean, he's such a a Humperdinck in uh, Princess Bride, and and it's he's so like creepy. I mean, his whole I don't, I can't imagine someone's listening to this who like hasn't watched Princess Bride, but um, I guess if there are people out there who haven't, I won't spoil it. I'll just say he's he's not a good guy. Mm-hmm. not a good guy yeah so yeah yeah you know and the thing about the age difference is that actors may be different ages from the characters that they're meant to play but in real life we're thinking there's probably a solid 40 year age difference there between Tangie Miller and Chris Sarandon and and show years um you know if elena's 18 or 19 and he is you know he couldn't have been less than 50 yeah so that's significant it is and especially at that age right as you get older it doesn't make as big a difference but you know when you're 18 40 years (laughs) I think actually at any age, 40 years is a lot, but like my parents are 19 years apart and my grandparents and my mom's side were 19 years apart. Um, But they met like a bit later in life. And so it wasn't that big a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Like neither of them were like 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I also appreciate uh, the shout out to Lynn. He was amazing. And I think a character that actually can wear a hat. I know we disagree on this, like everything else. But um, we, uh, Melissa and I, just saw a movie where just Lynn just popped up. Mm-hmm. He just popped up. It was Kiss, 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 Bang, Bang. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like long. that about him. That, that actor, what's his name? Dash the hawk or something like that he just comes up and stuff you know he's and <laughs> also can i give an award for the best sentence this podcast oh he just comes up and stuff he just does just comes up and stuff yeah, yeah. he also in kiss kiss bang bang it was so perfectly timed for us to watch that movie because not only was the artist formerly known as Lynn in that, <laughs> in that movie. But also a character in that movie is the one of the guys from the subway car in ancient history. No, the deaths. Uh, creepy, um, da- creepy Daniel? 
No. So it was the guy who was, uh, who was getting his alone so that his family could eat. Oh yeah. We never found out his name. No, I don't think I, we did. I feel like, oh, now I know who, okay. So you're right. He does show up and he's in, he's I, got a I somewhat feel- significant role in kiss, kiss, bang, bang. And I was like, how did this all happen? Yeah. yeah. Like, I do feel like he shows up and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like he's yeah. one of those guys, I would say like, not quite Michael Rappaport who also shows up in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like, but sort of that role of like, yeah, the guys know, who always some episodes here, some episodes as there. actors. Yeah. Yeah. Just really solid. It's fun to see that. I like that. And it's, you know, it says good things about to me about what it's like to work with them. And they're just, they come in, they do their job. They're really effective in their roles. Um, so it was fun to see right on the back of the depths to see that, yeah. uh, to see that movie and all those parallels with this show. But yeah. Um, anyway, Heather, you're awesome. Yeah, you are. Absolutely awesome. I'm not sure you guys should be encouraging us to go long on these podcasts. <laughs> well, I don't know that she's encouraging it. She said even the long ones. Even those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, uh, we, we appreciate all of you, especially, you know, when you tell us that you're listening even to the long ones. We love it. Um, yeah. So that's the audience feedback that I wanted to share from today. Very nice. And that moves us into how we rated this episode. Hmm. I'm going to need you to go first on this one, Fish. Okay. Um, it's a four. It was boring. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, that wasn't much time to take off. <laughs> if I was sitting here hoping to have time to think, I was not going to get it with you on that one. Um, I'm going to give this one. A, okay, so what is my unit of measurement? It is sub-basements of pathetic. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Classic Megan line, Meganism. Yep. And I'm giving this one a 5.6, which may make this our lowest rated episode ever. Um, Well, I don't think this was well written. Yeah. And then when an episode isn't well written, how much of it do you take? Like, I don't know. It, it, makes it hard for somebody who's new to the show to unpack what they're seeing um, or somebody who doesn't remember everything coming up in the show to unpack what they're seeing. So it's like, there may be like wild goose chases they just sent you on that I'm like, ah, okay. Uh, I do think that some of the things they were trying to plant, they did effectively plant. So I'm putting this at more than halfway, but the, just some of the stuff that was so weird to us was sloppy weird, not fun weird to me. And those things like, you know, the way we opened on that candlelit dinner, I don't really get why they made a lot of the choices that they made there when other choices would have done better. 
you know, like how you, how do you get a bunch of writers in the room and land on something like that? Um, so I don't know. I, I think it was a sloppy episode. And it, it felt like it. I mean, there were so many like cuts in between. Sometimes they do a bunch of cuts between tight scenes and it's really, really good. But this, it was just like flipping through a bunch of channels that I didn't really care what was happening on any of them. Well, even even that one scene where it was another glimpse of Elena and Noel playing a game where they provided absolutely no further information for us. And it was like, eh. Yeah, I could have done with just like one, maybe two scenes with the video game. Like I didn't need like six scenes with video games in them. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at this, the head writer and the head director on this, I don't think I'm just looking back to see if they come up in. Okay, so Robert M. Williams directed the penultimate episode of season one. Let's see here. That is the only time I see them, either of them credited. And the penultimate episode of season one was The Force, which you loved so much. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I mean, looks like you're coming down to, to meet me now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, hmm. okay. Well, they still had a couple of funny lines in there. I mean, I'll give them that. But you're right; it it wasn't enough to like save it. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to look at Robert M. Williams has a number of episodes that he's directing this season. Let's just see how this goes for us. <laughs> uh, but I also think it was a writing problem. So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. So you your number was what? Four. Okay. Well, all right then, folks. Look, I would love to post the audience. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you did you like this episode? What did you think? Do you have feedback on anything that you want to share? Maybe there's stuff that happened in this episode that we didn't really understand or you know, we couldn't put in context that you saw differently. It's always fun when people are able to open our eyes to looking at something in a different way. So we welcome your feedback on any, any of those topics, or, you know, if you have Felicity fan art that you want to share, feel free to email us at the at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L two S's the at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. Lots of fun people hanging out talking about Felicity there. So feel free to join us. And then if you want to know when we drop new episodes of this podcast, we have a newsletter that you can sign up for where we announce new episodes that drop. And so you can sign up for that if you check the show notes wherever you listened to this podcast. The link is in there. Uh, and if you feel so moved, go ahead and rate or review this podcast episode or this podcast in general. We uh, always love ways to get new people to new Felicity fans to discover the show. So it's a service to those who are Felicity fans in the world. 
But yeah, next time we're going to get into an episode called The Love Bug. What do you think that means? Well, I mean, now that I know about Epstein Barr, it sounds like everyone's going to get mono. Wow. Okay. That's my, I mean, that it might actually be like a cute episode where everybody like gets together, but but I'm going with mono. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You are correct. Um, Really? Yeah. Not everybody gets mono, but mono is featured. Um, Well, I mean, it's called Epstein Barr. They had to have mono in there somewhere and it's the kissing disease, you know, it love bug. I don't know. It made sense to me. Well, it makes sense to everybody because that's what it's about. Um, So (laughs) very good. You did it. Yay. All right. Um, You know, we didn't make your Egyptology dreams happen, but we (laughs) can do this. Okay. Well, that's a... We've covered some ground today, Fish. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with this episode that we haven't covered? Um, not really. I think I, I, you know, there were still moments that I liked pulling out, but yeah, I think this is probably my second lowest rated one. I just didn't really feel much about it. Eh. Yeah, let's see. You had you had a four. Noel, you had your two for the force. Yeah. So I remember that being the one that I really didn't like. This is in fact your second lowest. Um, yeah. I yeah. figured. Eh. Well, better luck next time with the love bug. <laughs> that's what we'll hope for. But At yeah, least be some kissing. That's that's the intention. Yeah. Well. Until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.